Welcome everyone to our March Explorer call. I'm Janine Stanley, your Explorer Communications Manager, and I have with me tonight a whole host of guests. And we're going to start with my co-pilot here, Mr. Ryan Bishop. Hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all having a good Wednesday. I almost forgot today was Wednesday. Yeah, we've, got a, we've got a rainy Wednesday across the country here, it seems like. So, and, and we, we also, also have Emily now. Yes, we have Emily Hill. Hello, Emily. Hi, Ira Explorers. Hey, so we're going to start out tonight with a little bit of IRA news. Um, I know that most of you hopefully now have seen our message about COVID-19, the coronavirus disease is the proper name of it. And we wanted to give you a couple more things about that just kind of to go over them and clarify. And so, of course, the first thing is that we are here for you and, you know, whatever you're going to need during this time, please don't hesitate to make use of IRA to get what you need, including any type of information that you need about the virus, about local conditions, etc. Our agents are prepared, right, Emily? Oh, we are always prepared to need. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, there's, there are not many events for which our agents are not prepared. A couple of the things uh, that we announced related to COVID-19 is something that Emily's going to talk about when it comes to agents and agent land. But the big thing is for distance learning. And if you are a college student and you are facing some challenges due to your distance learning tools maybe not being accessible and having to spend more time online, maybe not having access to readers and help with formatting and things that you might ordinarily not use IRA for, we do have a distance learning offer. And this particular offer is going to be free for the next three months. It's not going to be a full-time offer. It'll be for the next three months to cover the situation that we're facing. And to take advantage of that offer, what you will need to do is contact customer care. And Ryan, what do they need to do when they contact customer care? It will be an option on the phone tree. It will say press zero for distance learning. Um, so if you're calling for that, make sure you press zero for distance learning. Once you get one of the representatives on the phone, you're going to let them know that what you're calling for. They're going to see that because of the queue that's uh, popping up as well. Um, and you're going, they're going to ask you some questions. Um, so uh, just a there's four questions that you'll get asked. Um, and then once you have those questions answered through the customer care representative, um, you'll receive an email. Once you have that email address, you will be able to use the offer um, in the IRA app or have an agent activate that offer for you. Awesome. And then, and what this covers, folks, is just your online learning tasks. So, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, that means things that are going on online that have to do with your schoolwork. So, um, you know, not just watching fun YouTube videos and things like that or whatever folks do. It's been a while since I've been in school. <laughs> so, um, but that is one of the, the awesome offers. And uh, we also are uh, conducting a survey. And in the email, there was a link to the survey. If you need that link, um, we... We'll have that for you. You can contact um, 
either support or you can contact uh, Ira Cast at ira.io and we'll send you that link for the survey if you don't have it. We've had a great response to the survey so far. It's a long survey, but we really appreciate people having taken the time to really fill this thing out and we've gotten some wonderful responses. It's about how we can help during COVID-19 and kind of going forward, you know, what uh, what would you like to see and what can we do for you? And also what access locations would you like to see uh, participate with IRA? Of course, we have Target online um, and we have a few universities online as well. So that is right now our IRA news. We're probably going to uh, have another IRA cast out after the Explorer call, and we're going to find out about CSUN during that IRA cast. So that'll be kind of exciting. It was, it was quite an interesting conference. Now we have Emily to talk about agent land and something that is very, very cool for us, and that is working at home because you know what? IRA's got this covered. Okay. We are the experts at working at Just home. <laughs> <laughs> so Emily, what's what's going on out there? Well, thanks, Janine. I'm so glad that you mentioned the COVID-19 survey that went out yesterday, because one thing that we as IRA have learned after our survey is that many of our explorers are working from home for the first time time here in these next couple months as our community um, starts learning a little bit more about this new infectious disease. So your resident IRA agents are experts at working from home because we are all fully remote workers except for a few lucky ducks who do work out of the IRA office out in San Diego. But not so, at the moment, right? Uh, that is probably true. There may be a couple who still run by in order to make sure that they are able to maintain a private workspace for our Explorer community. But for the most part, everybody is certainly remote at this time. So uh, I went through and polled the IRA agent team for some expert work from home tips in order to share with you for this edition of Secrets of Agent Land. Right. And IRA agent Peter had a very comprehensive list. So he was kind enough to write it all out for me. So I'm just gonna go through and read exactly what it is that he said. Peter's number one work from home tip is to separate your working space from your living space as much as possible for your lifestyle. This helps provide a sense of going to and leaving work. He mentions that when a comfy bed or couch is right next to your desk, it can get tempting to relax instead of fully focus on your work. So instead, try a space next to the window so that you still feel connected to the outside world. Additionally, I would add onto that is something that was helpful for me is to monitor the number of times that I went for just a snack to my refrigerator because yes. working from home is so much extra access to the yummy, delicious food in your cupboards that you would otherwise not have at work. I mean, so I can't have my chocolate shelf right above my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Janine, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, Peter's second tip is to connect and interact with real people outside of social media. So this could include a video chat or a phone call, but hearing another person's voice and the inflections that they are using can assist in lessening communication difficulties that tend to happen if you're only communicating in a text-based manner with coworkers or friends, et cetera. 
Other tips from Peter are to try to stick to your regular daily schedule as much as possible, including but not limited to showering when you normally shower, getting dressed at your normal time. He says that the bonus is that you get casual Friday every day when you're working oh, from yeah. home. Uh, he also mentions working the regular times you normally work when you're in the office in order to remain feeling productive as well as keeping your days on a normal schedule. And then of course, the number one most important work from home tip is to be aware of what your body needs. So be sure to hydrate. In fact, probably hydrate more than you're used to. Also, make sure you continue to eat healthy foods, stand up, walk around your house anytime you kind of need to shake your limbs out a little bit, and be sure to stretch and stretch extra than you normally would. Or maybe think about incorporating a new exercise routine into your day, whatever that might look like for you. It does certainly help me personally keep my mind engaged and focused on work when I can separate life and health and work, even though I also work from home. Wow. Those are fantastic tips. Thank you so much, Peter, and uh, all of the agents who, who participated in, you know, contributing these tips for work. My husband and I, between the two of us, we have worked at home for over 20 years now. Either one or the other of us is usually working at home. And um, I would probably add to that list with um, when you pick your space, make sure that the other people in your household understand that when you are there, you're at work. And so, you know, imagine that you, that working person, isn't in the house for them to interact with at that point. Um, and we developed some code words and gestures for when one of us is on the phone and can't talk and the other one walks in the room because, of course, we're both blind. And so <laughs> that's always a good thing to have if you're in that situation. Now, this brings up another thing that we wanted to talk about that we talked about a little bit in the email, Emily, with our agents, something that has to do with COVID-19. Can you talk a little bit about our new um, policy about background noise? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect timing, as you all just heard a door slam shut here in my house. <laughs> but many of our agents are also parents, and most of our explorers know at this time, but many, many, many schools across America or daycare centers, et cetera, have all closed down for the foreseeable future while we learn more about what we should expect our new normal to be here in America. So in order to accommodate our IRA agents who now suddenly find themselves with children at home, rest assured that you as the explorer, your privacy is always protected. Our explorers are, our agents, excuse me, our agents are still always working from a secure private location where no one else would be able to oversee the task that they are doing with you. However, you may hear in the background additional noise that you're not necessarily used to hearing. It could be children talking as they run past the office door. It could be the low hum of a television set. Whatever that might look or sound like, know that we are still taking all of the precautions to protect you, your privacy, and the tasks that you're requesting your agents to complete with you, but there may be some additional noise that you're not necessarily used to. And we would like you to, if this is problematic for you ever, and we don't expect it to be, but if it should be, um, please be sure to rate your call. Um, and if you are not in a position to do that in the moment, you can always send us some details 
via an email to support at ired.io. And we want to thank all of the agents for, you know, sticking with this. It's difficult, especially when, you know, the whole family is home and all of those things. So we appreciate everyone's dedication. Great. Well, we are going to bring on our next panelist. Yay! And this is a name that is familiar to many of you, I'm sure. He is part of our IRIS staff, but he also has a consulting business for adaptive technology teaching, Raul Gallegos. We are excited to have you on this call today, Raul, for a couple of different reasons. Um, and I will let you talk a little bit about some of the events that you have coming up for explorers here in the near future. But of course, we all know about the Horizon Kit and the Horizon service being discontinued on uh, March 31st. And the uh, Android phone that comes with your Horizon Kit is going to be reset. So you know a whole lot more about Android than just about anybody I know, uh, and definitely myself. Um, what's going to happen included. to those phones? <laughs> what's this <laughs> well, going to look like for people? Yeah, okay. So let me first start by saying that as a consultant, I frequently get the question asked, you know, what's better, iPhone or Android? Oh, yeah. and that is a very hot topic almost to the point of religion and politics. Um, so, and, and even uh, Apple in uh, Apple TV made movies, all the good guys have iPhones and all the villains have Androids. And so there's, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, strong feelings about both either way. Um, that being said, I do not believe that one is better than the other because I believe that each device has its place based on a person's needs uh, what their situation is and what, what their support system is. If somebody comes to me and says, you know, all my family and friends use Androids, what should I get? Well, if you're going to rely on your friends and family, I might recommend an Android and go with those options. So to answer the question, these phones, uh, the, the, I call them the X-Horizon phones for lack of a better term, um, are Samsung J7 phones. And to be honest, they are not the latest and greatest phone. Um, somebody asked me, you know, how would, how would that be compared to uh, an iPhone? And, and while there's not a direct comparison, I would probably say this might be similar to if somebody was getting an iPhone for the first time, that their very first iPhone might be an iPhone 6 or an iPhone SE. You know, so it, you know, it's not going to have the most current uh, hardware, the, and it's not going to get the latest Android updates, which kind of goes back to why Ira decided that it wasn't meeting Ira standards, right? So that kind of goes without saying. That doesn't mean that these phones are useless. Um, in fact, if you're curious about Android, or if you want a free, uh, you know, free method of, of practicing without having to go out and, and purchase your own separate device, now you have a, a device that you can practice with. Um, you can use it on Wi-Fi only, so you don't even have to activate a cell phone service on it. Um, so you know, there, there's those options. Essentially, when the phone is reset, it will go back to standard Android, which I believe is version 8. I think that's what mine is on. Mm -hmm. And um, Android, if you kind of look at the history of Android, uh, has, has typically named their things uh, with, with nice um, desserts. And they go in alphabetical order, like way back when was, was cupcake and uh, eclair and, you know, a gingerbread and all these other nice uh, fattening things. Um, and eventually, you know, with Android 6, 7, 7.1, and 8, you know, you were having, uh, you know, marshmallow, nougat, and Oreo. Well, eventually they decided to um, 
just stick with numbers, kind of like everybody else is, is doing numbers nowadays. And so this will have Android 8, uh, version 8. The current version is Android 10 to kind of give you some context. So there are going to be some things that it does not do in, in terms of the latest and greatest. Um, TalkBack is the screen reader that, that comes, um, that's the Google's own screen reader. It would be analogous to saying voiceover for iPhone. Um, and TalkBack has a lot of the same gestures that if you are coming from, uh, from iOS land into practicing with Android land, most of the gestures, I would say, uh, are, are probably going to be very, very much the same. You still have your uh, flicking left and flicking right to go from element to element, uh, double tap to activate whatever the voice said, and, um, and those kinds of things. Where, where there are some differences is in how scrolling is done. Um, Android has taken the approach that whatever a person who can see and is not using a screen reader does with one finger, you will do it with two fingers. And that's all you need to remember. And so, for example, to scroll a screen, a sighted person on an iPhone or an Android might swipe left or right with one finger, and that goes from page to page. So with TalkBack, you do it with two fingers. Um, and so you, that's literally how you do that. You literally just add one more finger, and that's kind of how, how that's done. And that frees the single finger left, um, left right gestures to still work the same. Um, another thing that that is a little different but works really nice and again this is opinion based is that the uh, flick up and flick down gesture is what iOS users would consider uh, the rotor so for example when you flick up or flick down you're gonna hear things like characters words headings links default and whatever you choose with that up and down flick is what will work when you lift flick, uh, left flick or right flick much so easier move, than a rotor gesture I personally think it is. So like, think of it this way. Uh, a very common thing I get with iOS training is when someone is editing, to some people it does not make sense that you have to flick down to move forward by characters and flick up to move backwards. Whereas with Android, you flick down to us as characters and then you flick left or flick right to go backward or forward. So it's still in the same linear direction. Those are, you know, and, and I could really spend a whole hour talking about this, but I'm, and I, I'm not going to, but that's kind of where we're at. So in the initial um, startup of the phone, when it's first reset, it's not going to talk automatically. Now on my um, Android, on my J7, I was able to press both volume keys at the same time um, for about three seconds and that turned on TalkBack. Huh. So that's, that's a shortcut. Now I do say that on mine because one of the things about Androids is that there are easily 15,000 combinations of Android <laughs> hardware, um, you know, that, that run, run the system. And even amongst the Samsung J7s, there's even a, a few discrepancies. If you guys, if you remember some of the discussions we've had on the, on the IRA list about how close is the headphone jack and does this case work with it based on whether it's AT&T or Verizon, et cetera, even though it was the same phone. And so you have some slightly different hardware and so I say this because the volume up and down just, um, ha shortcut may not work. However, uh, Ira Tech Support does have some documentation on how to get you up and running. And I do want to um, remind everyone that that's the extent of what Ira will do for, uh, to get you up and running. So they'll help you get the phone reset if you want it reset earlier. 
and they will help you get talked back on, but that's it. After that, uh, you're on your own or you have to find an alternative. The first thing that will happen is the talkback tutorial will come on and walk you through some, some basic uh, gestures. It'll, it'll show you all the gestures I talked about. It'll walk you through how to find a, a button and double tap on it. It'll walk you through the, uh, you know, the up, down, left, right type of gesture to adjust the slider controls, et cetera. And um, it's, it's very good. And then you go through the normal setup process that's very similar if you've ever set up your own iPhone from the beginning where you establish a, uh, a Wi-Fi connection, you, you sign in with a Google account, which is um, basically the equivalent of an Apple ID on iOS land. And, and then it'll, it'll uh, put you on the home screen. And that really is uh, what there is to it. Now, the, um, the app that you'll use to install apps is called uh, Google Play Store, and it may just be labeled as Play Store. And so Google likes to use the word play a lot. So you'll hear the, the things like Google Play Music, Google Play Movies and TV, Google Play this, that, and the other. So the Google Play Store is where you get your apps. And when you bring up the Play Store, the search box is near the top. And this is kind of um, very uh, common with, with most Android apps is they'll have a search box somewhere in the top center and a menu somewhere in the top left, which is often called a, uh, a drawer, a navigation drawer, um, or in some cases it is called menu. Like if you are familiar with your Uber app on both Android and on, on iOS, you see a menu on the top left corner. Sighted people call it the hamburger menu, right? And so, so with, with Android, you might hear it called a navigation drawer, and that's okay. So if you double tap the search, it'll bring up your keyboard. You will type Ira, and you will type search, or you press your search button, and you can install the Ira app this way. And so uh, the Ira app will work very well on the Android phone. Like with anything, because it's written for Android, it doesn't work 100% the same as it does work on iOS. Uh, there are a few bugs with it, just like there are a few bugs with iOS, you know, so it's no, it's no different in that sense. You're not going to get a, a perfect experience. And I'm saying it's a good thing that uh, I'm not a marketing guy because I don't always tell all the positive things. <laughs> but I think Everyone, it's important to know, yeah. actually. And everybody from care knows that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I will be the first to send any sort of bug reports or quote unquote complaints about the Android app, but I also send praises when, 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 when necessary. Um, and so installing the Ira app is very similar to installing any, any other app. You know, it will, it will, uh, install and, and put it up, uh, in your phone. Now, one of the differences with Android is that Unlike iOS, it does not automatically put icons on your home screen when you install an app. And so that kind of goes into a little more, more training. But if you leave the Play Store screen up when you're installing it, that install button will switch to an open button. So that's very similar to the App Store. And then you can, uh, you can double tap that and, and open it and then move on to the steps on, on signing into your IRA account, whether... Um, you know, whether you, you sign, sign out of your iOS one or whether you, uh, you know, just use a demo one or, you know, however, however you do that. We had a discussion on, on w whether it's uh, ethically correct or in terms of service correct to be signed in on, on more than one account. And so if you want to touch on that, that's fine. Um, and, then, and then calling, you know, you're, you have to give it the same kind of permissions. You know, you have to give it 
camera um, permission, storage permission, I believe, recording permission, which is the microphone. Once that's done, it will be up and running just like, uh, you know, just like you might be used to on iOS land. It'll have the uh, make a free call button kind of right in the middle of the screen. Um, where it is a little different than what you might be used to with iOS is that it's going to have a, a menu on the top left corner, like I mentioned. And when you double tap that menu, you will get choices like usage, home, account, all the things that you might be used to as tabs across the bottom of the screen on iOS land. And that's where you would make your, your choices. So it falls into the consistency of how a lot of Android apps are. And uh, then when you, once you make your call, you do your task, you uh, press end or, you know, the agent ends the call and, and you're good. And, and, um, and you simply press the home button and go back to your home screen. Awesome. So um, it definitely usable. You can also connect Bluetooth devices, headphones, um, uh, any kind of Bluetooth speaker kind of thing that you might use. Some of the mounted speakers, all of that can be easily connected. That is correct. On the J7, I have used AirPods. I have used uh, one of my favorite, the Plantronics M70, which is a very nice, tiny, uh, single-side uh, earbud. I've used um, the Aftershocks Titanium. I've used Anchor speakers. You know, so I've used all kinds. I've used Bluetooth keyboards. I've used, you know, so you know, it will take all types of accessories, um, and it and they work. They work fine. They work great. You know, there is a learning curve if if you've never you know used Android or if you have muscle memory of iOS, but, but it can be done. <laughs> Great. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about some of the resources that we have out there for learning Android. Um, one of the resources that we have is with our good partners at Hadley Institute, which is hadley.edu. That's H-A-D-L-E-Y dot E-D-U. And also, Raul, you are going to have a class about Android coming up, correct? That's correct. It'll be a week from tomorrow where I will have a, I have a, a private Zoom room set up. And I've, I've been asking people to register for that. I've sent the, uh, you know, the message and the announcement over to our IRA uh, community email list. And I actually planned on sending one in a few days as a final reminder. Um, registrations for that will remain open until Tuesday, uh, which is the 24th, I believe. And then after that, I will email everyone privately what that Zoom link is. So you do have to be registered to participate. And that's going to be one hour of kind of going over everything that I just went over, but also going over through some recommended um, apps to get some of the things accomplished that you might want to, to do, whether it's IRA related or not, but things that you might be, you know, somebody might say, well, I'm, you know, I use Square a lot on my iPhone. Can I do that on the Android? And the answer would be no, but here's what you can use. Um, so it'll be like that. And, um, by registering and participating, it also gives you essentially a coupon so that if, if you think that you might want to spend some time learning it and you want one-on-one -on -one training, then you get training at a discount. And so, um, you know, so I'm, I'm doing this to, to kind of help with that. Um, and so that training at a discount will be good through, through March and through the end of April. And so... You will also have another workshop that will take place tomorrow. And this is such a great lead into our next topic. So tell us about this workshop. 
Okay. One last thing before I tell you that, I do want to mention one other source is the National Braille Press. Ah, they, yes. they have a lot of good resources. And, and I always refer to people because there are times that people say they don't want to pay to, to get trained. And I understand mm -hmm. that. So National Braille Press does have some Android reference material and some Android getting started material. And, um, and so that, that's another good source aside from Hadley. Um, so to, tomorrow, yeah, so tomorrow I'm hosting a, a Zoom meeting that is what I have called uh, using IRA hands-free, and it is an unofficial IRA uh, meeting. And so and I just want that to be clear that, that this is something that uh, my wife and I and a couple of other um, IRA explorers have agreed to, to do to talk about some of the changes that um, explorers are now facing in terms of accessories or tips and tricks, uh, how-tos, et cetera, that, um, you know, th that, that has to be done now, you know, so we're, I made it clear that it's not to be a gripe session about Horizon because that's not going to change, and so, you know, but that's basically what it is, and that's tomorrow, and I sent an announcement about that earlier in the week as well, you know, that, and that is a public meeting anybody can attend, and there's no, no obligation, and, you know, and it will be recorded as well in case you're not able to uh, to make the meeting. That's great. Now, if people want to contact you about either one of these meetings, how can they reach you? Best way is to send me an email to my work address, which is training at rgats.com. And that's okay. RGA and then T like Thomas, S like Sam.com. Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Raul. Um, that... I think it made me feel a lot better because I have one of the J7s here for testing, and I use that to test the Android version of uh, Ira whenever folks report things. And uh, I hear from our dev team that uh, we are aware of some uh, bugs currently, and they are working on squashing them. So that is very exciting. But now, Raul mentioned hands-free. And I think probably the biggest um, sort of pain point for everybody it was, oh my gosh, how am I going to do hands-free IRA? And we have some ideas. So joining us tonight, yes, we have a couple of, couple of hands-free experts here. We have another lovely person who many of you will know from IRA, Bazad Balot, Balot, I hope I'm saying your last name right, Bazad. Balut. <laughs> thank you. See, I yeah. know the one way I couldn't pronounce it would be the correct way to pronounce it. <laughs> so we have Bazad here. So, okay, let's talk hands-free. First of all, tell me a little bit about your experience with hands-free. So I use a lanyard as well as carry the phone in my hand, both of which have proven relatively effective solutions. So when I travel, I either do one of two things. I can take the lanyard, hang it around my neck, and with the camera facing forward, can walk on my merry way, or like I said, I can use the phone hands-free. Now with, well, I can use a phone holding it in my hand. Now what I will say is that much like 
what Raoul had stated, lanyards are highly preferential. It's a hot button topic, just like <laughs> iPhone versus Android. Yes. It's going to be very much tailored to the person in question. Some might like lanyards, some might opt for chest mounts, while others prefer pouches or using the phones hands-free. So there are many ways to use Ira whether or not whether or not you adhere to one of those is perfectly fine. You can use it either way. The one that I can tell you about that I really, really like, the lanyard comes from the Harbold company. And it's a universal silicone adjustable lanyard. It sells for $27.99. And what's really awesome about this particular lanyard is that first and foremost, it accommodates length, so you can adjust it as you wish. And it also has a pocket for an ID or a credit card. And above all, the website itself has a description that is complemented by audio. And I believe it's recorded by Mr. Harbolt himself. So you is. get, yeah, so you get a textual description as well as an auditory description. And that's really, really cool because it gives you a very clear cut idea and I've, and I've read and listened to all of this. So it gives you a really clear cut idea of what the lanyard is capable of doing. Now, apart from the lanyard and using Ira with the phone in my hand, I've also been privileged to experience what's called a scan stand. And this is particular to people who have reading needs. For example, if you'd like to read tons of mail and you or small booklets. A scan stand is really nice because you can put your iPhone on top of the stand and you don't have to hold it for a consistent period of time. Now the one scan stand I have is a Vapido scanning stand that's spelled F-O-P-Y-D-O. Unfortunately, I checked on their website. I think they're out of stock at the moment, but it does sell for $15. The next one that's really a nice stand too is Scanjig Pro, and that one is for about $57.95. So a little bit of a difference in terms of the price, but both seem to work quite well. Now do those fold up at all? The Vapido does. Yeah, it's, it's made of cardboard and can fold. You can unfold it, it has metal wiring, oh. but but it's it's quite a good stand you know it works relatively well and that's the thing just as lanyards and using ira in those ways is highly preferential so to our scan stands so whatever what i like to say is that all of the products that i mentioned i think are on Amazon. I'm not sure about the Harbold silicone lanyard, but the ones that I've looked, uh, researched are, are definitely on Amazon. And Amazon gives you a relatively generous return policy. So the really advantageous part about that is that if you'd like, you can try it for a little while. And then if you don't like it, you can return it, no questions asked. So that's the modicum of reassurance that I have from Amazon. Super. And there are similar lanyards to the Herbold one on Amazon. Um, there are, yeah. For those. And there are a couple different styles of, of lanyards, right? There's the, the yeah. where you've kind of got that single There's strap. a fair few, yeah. And then well, and it kind of looks like a wallet, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why I say that they're highly preferential. The one, the the other one that I have found many people enjoy comes from GearBeast, and GearBeast sells an eclectic number of lanyards. They have pocket lanyards, they have body strap lanyards, among others. So GearBeast is really nice, and they range from about nine to twelve dollars, based on my understanding. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody who's tried the body strap ones, so I would be curious if anybody out there has tried those. Definitely. Um, yeah, because I know um, with my setup, I'm into the pouches just because I love purchase. purses and pouches and bags and stuff. And I ended up with a lovely replacement strap for a laptop, and it's got a shoulder pad. And on that, I put the three-in-one Timbuktu phone case. And my phone, I can just slide it up to the top where the camera peeks out the top and is really secure and snug in the bag. And it stays right kind of uh, by my shoulder, sort of middle, just, just off center. Um, and it seems to work pretty well. I've used it in an airport. I've also put that bag on a, uh, a crossbody bag. So, and then someone else mentioned something called a passport um, wallet, I believe. And that is sort of a square, larger kind of um, pouch. Uh, Ira used to give away one at conventions. Maybe some of you got them over the years. That's a nice little square pouch with a um, string that goes around the neck. Yeah, and there's this one too on Amazon for anyone's interest who's interested. It's a GearBeast Universal Crossbody Cell Phone Lanyards. So there are just so many to choose from, which is why it's a little difficult to. And I've seen this on our Facebook community where the question is predominantly, well, which lanyard should I choose? So I'm really hoping that our discussion today will provide some insight as to what you can pick out because there are many, but once you find your fit, I mean, you're going to find your fit and you'll narrow it down to a science. <laughs> so it will happen. Definitely. Absolutely. And one of the things about finding your fit too is thinking about your height because lanyard straps, you definitely want something that's adjustable because generally yes. a lanyard is going to hang down around That's my problem. The middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I was going to say, if you're a woman, it, there's there's some extra, you know, movement that your phone does that it doesn't need to be doing, probably, <laughs> for the sake of a clear picture for the agent. So, um, when you're really looking at these lanyards, um, you definitely want to look at that to see where it's going to put your phone. And on some people, if you're really tall, maybe you want that phone to hang down a little bit further if it's stable. If you're really short like I am, you kind of want it as high as it can go. <laughs> and um, do we have Eric on the line? I believe we do have him. Is this Eric? Hi. Are you Eric? Hey. Buzz on Texas, Eric. Texas yes. Eric here. Texas Eric, that's right. <laughs> now, Bazad kind of right. went through a list of different products here. So you've been on a journey. 
since I have been since looking at hands free. So tell us a little I bit about been. this journey you've been on and some of the things that you have either made yourself or some of the things that you've discovered on your journey. All right, I've I've uh, purchased a great many things from Amazon. <laughs> Uh, one of the first things I purchased was a product called the Lazy Neck. And it's not something that I recommend that people use, okay? Because um, it's uh, about a two-foot-long coil that is very flexible and bendable. If any of you are familiar with putting a phone in a tripod, it will put your phone in a holder um, that is magnetically connected to the ends of this flexible tubing that hangs around your neck. And it can either be in portrait mode or landscape mode. Now, the only reason that I purchased this was to, figuring, was to figure out positioning of the lanyard on your chest, depending upon whether you're a gentleman with a belly or a woman with uh, Other a larger breastplate. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say this without being inappropriate, so I Other apologize. <laughs> okay. And the, what I did then was, once I figured out the proper positioning for this, um, I found that what happened in people who are more slendered, slender, they can kind of roll with a portrait mode lanyard that I developed. Um, if you're a, a, a bigger chested person or, or perhaps a, a gentleman with a belly, um, it works in landscape as well. I've done a lot of testing with the agents. The agents tell me that the landscape view is almost a better view for them, okay? Now the lanyard that I developed Janine knows about this because she spoke about it. In the early days of Ira, Ira handed out a lanyard that uh, was a pouch that hung around your neck. It had a clear back to it that you could put your driver's license, credit cards, or some other things in. And the phone sat in a pouch in the, in, in the front. And what I'm attempting to do is work with Janine and the people at Ira to find out who manufactured this pouch. Because if you've seen this pouch, what it is is it will hold a phone in a landscape mode, but it also has a spot next to it that you can put a pen in. And I want to remove that so that you can put it into a landscape mode. By removing the pen slot, you can then turn the phone sideways and, and put it in landscape mode. Now, to answer how you secure this, um, I went through a multitude of different magnet solutions, okay? And there is a very flat, very thin magnet that fits behind a Velcro uh, piece that's at the top of this lanyard. Uh, this pouch and you can it's got a self-adhesive thing to it you can put a self-adhesive little flat magnet piece in there and then to secure it to your chest you just put a magnet behind your fabric and it attaches to the lanyard 
it, it will literally grip through the fabric into the lanyard and hold the lanyard secure in the middle of your chest. Um, and depending on what you like, it will either be in a portrait or a landscape. And what I am offering to do is once I can determine who I bought these originally from in the first place, I will buy a gross of them and modify them and sell them to explorers at cost. Now, Eric, we have a because, question here from the group. Um, and yes. uh, when we would like to know um, what the agent felt was better about the landscape view than the portrait view, if they, if they relate well, to that. Well, the landscape, the landscape view, when I was, when I was working with the agents, the landscape, when you put your phone up in portrait mode, you all know that your camera is either on the right or left-hand side of your phone. Now with the, uh, as Raul talked about earlier, the um, uh, Samsung phone has the camera in the middle of, of the phone. But with most iPhones, um, that camera is located on uh, the um, right side of the phone. So when you put that in, what ends up happening is it cuts off a little bit of the left and a little bit of the right, and it addresses the floor-to-ceiling um, view. Now, one of the things that I found is, is with the simple fix of, of putting a piece of wedging behind the phone, you can actually change the, the camera angle to point down. If, if you're finding the camera's riding too high. In the landscape mode, it is able to sit higher on your breastplate. Um, and therefore, um, anybody that's, and, and I only, I'm, I'm blind, so I can't tell you these things. I can only tell you what people have reported to me. But from the landscape mode, you get a broader side-to-side view and it's not as great top to bottom but it's greater for, for peripheral vision okay and depending i would imagine on where you're going that would really have a big exactly. impact now, and I, I you know there's something that i want to make sure that we cover here before we open up our phones because we we are going to do that here fairly soon um, and Eric did bring up a good point about looking at your lanyard and looking at your phone and making sure that when you put the lanyard on your phone, you're not covering up your phone camera. And some of these lanyards just by the basic design may do that to an extent. So, um, but safety, you know, uh, the first thing a lot of people said when they thought about going hands-free was, I do not want my phone on my body. Somebody is just going to come up and grab my phone. Now, everybody here, uh, Ryan, Baza, Eric, and even Raul, you guys have all gone hands-free, right, out in public. Um, tell us about how you feel about safety with your phone. Well, the one thing that if, if you use the magnet solution and to address one of Raul's things, is I found, because I've been experimenting with this a lot in a lot of different configurations, and I found with the current um, Horizon phone, if you make a call and you put the uh, camera into the case that it comes with, but just backwards, okay, 
you can you can actually attach a, a flat, and these magnets are literally super thin. You can put it on the back of your case, and uh, I find that when phones aren't swinging, people don't notice them. That's an if a phone is out there swinging, yeah, if a phone is out there swinging, people are going to have a tendency to more kind of look at you and see this phone that's swinging. But if it's secured to your body um, in a way that, that kind of makes it wearable tech versus dangling tech, you can do this with most string lanyards. And I know that it's problematic to dial an IRA agent and put your phone back in the case um, backwards, okay? So that the camera is facing out. But I have used both my iPhone um, with a string lanyard and then this pouch lanyard that I, I, I literally, uh, it's safety pinned and everything else. But it's adjustable and it can pull the lanyard up to almost your, your Adam's apple in men or your, 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 your chin in women and um, either put it at portrait or landscape and it just doesn't move. And whether you're wearing a suit coat or a blouse or whatever, I, I find that people don't necessarily notice that it's there. And the nice thing about this Ira lanyard that, that I've got is it's branded. So we're walking around with um, Ira in, in, in uh, big right. uh, letters. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of comments it. on it. Mm -hmm. So now let me hear from uh, Raul. I believe you had your hand raised because I'd like to hear your experience and Baza also yours about walking around with, you know, your phone just kind of, and even your phone in your hand. Because I know people have said, oh my gosh, don't people just come up and zoom right out of your hand? Yeah, I'd be happy to provide my experience. So having gone out to various stores, I've heard people utilizing their phones when FaceTiming or just talking in general. And some people have blatantly done this while they're on speakerphone. So I'm reassured if <laughs> I'm reassured if somewhat slightly by the simple fact that it's very commonplace now to have this done. It's common for people to use their phones in public. It's common for them to, on certain occasions, point their cameras toward a particular grocery item and at, and take pictures of it. I've actually experienced this firsthand. I have a couple of relatives who have done this on many an occasion where they would go out shopping for an item. They would snap photos and show them to others. That's what technology has done. So I'm comforted by the evolution of technology and how people perceive it, but I do understand the security risk because inexorably speaking, there is going to be a risk. But I think given the current trends and how common things are these days, I'm not completely worried. Now, this is my personal standpoint and my personal standpoint only. I've used my phone on, <laughs> I've, I've had, again, on a number of occasions, used my phone hands-free in a mall, in various stores, and I have not had any problem whatsoever. 
awesome. Ron, and I will uh, second that Raul, as well. Either, either of you. Okay. Yep. We yeah, have sure. Yep. So I do. I do. Um, and I'm speaking from from experience where my phone has been stolen from my hand. Wow. Um, so the security risk is very real. However, um, I would also add that the security risk is very minimal in the sense of if you look at it from Absolutely. a statistical point of view, um, it, it doesn't happen as often. It's not like it's going to happen all the time. Um, I'm generally not a fan of lanyards. And, and this isn't to say that what's been discussed is, are, are bad. This is just merely my own experience. Um, I'm a fan of pop sockets. And, and so um, what I do, especially ever since my, my phone was snagged from my hand, literally while I was waiting for a bus, um, is when I, hold, when I hold my phone, I will hold it in such a way that my index or my middle finger um, is, is anchored at the top of the phone at some point. Most of the time, and, and feel free to pick up your phone as, as I describe this, most of the time when someone holds their phone, whether left-handed or right-handed, they're going to put their, their uh, middle ring and index fingers across the back of the phone and kind of let it rest on the palm so that the thumb is out and the fingers are whatever, and then you use your other hand to do all your swiping. Um, most of the time when people hold it that way, that's, that's where it's going to get stolen the easiest because what happened in my case is it was literally swiped from the top of the phone out of my palm. And so... What I do now, and this is regardless of Ira, when I hold my phone is, I hold it with my left hand, for example. So I will hold it so that my index finger is on the top center. And my, instead of it resting flat against my palm, my, my hand is kind of bent a little bit so that what anchors my phone to my hand is my left thumb and my right side uh, index, or my right side middle and ring finger. And it, it feels kind of awkward if you're not used to holding it that way. But I can guarantee you that nobody's taking this phone from me that way. They would have to, they would have to come and pull it from underneath, which is mm -hmm. going to be harder than pulling it from the top. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I'll do is even if I do have it against my fingers, I'll kind of have it so it's against the, um, the uh, top part of your, your palm, right, you know, where, where it's going to switch over to your fingers. Mm -hmm. But again, I still have my index finger on the top. And, and I've done that for, for four years now, so I'm used to it. Um, and, and it yeah. works. It's, it's safe. It's secure. Now, now I mentioned pop sockets. So I'll just touch on those briefly because oh, I know yes. we're low on time. So pop socket is, a, is a basically a, a strong adhesive uh, silicone thing, round thing that you uh, put on the back of your phone and you can position it in different, in different methods. And so a lot of times what I will do is I will put a pop socket on my phone and kind of wind my index and middle finger through the back of the phone uh, or my index or my middle finger and ring finger through the back so I can still have my index finger on top. And now I've got kind of a double hold on it and it makes it easier and makes it so that the phone is a little more grippy. Um, and there's a lot of other advantages to pop sockets, but that's, that's kind of, you know, my, my take on it. So yes, security is very real. Be careful, but try those things. And I think you'll feel a little more safe. That's awesome. And, and I just more... that and I have really small hands and I, that felt much more secure. And yes. one thing that I want to, you know, throw in there too, what I will do too, um, along with doing what Raul does is if I have my phone in a lanyard and I want to be hands free, I'll also use, um, 
and it's an old piece of technology, but I'll use a lot of the, uh, the Apple ear pods. Um, so that way I have, you know, somewhat of a cable that I, you know, has to be contended with. You can't just grab my phone. You have, you know, those headphones too. So it also does help to, uh, you know, that way, if somebody does try to grab your phone, uh, if they're not quick enough to get the cable at the bottom, you can follow that and get your phone. Um, so yes. <laughs> that's another thing that I will do too. <laughs> wow. Who knew that we were going to have defensive phone handling? This is awesome. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's interesting that Raul mentioned this because I also hold my phone quite tightly too. So it's definitely a good idea to do. It's definitely a good idea to do. And keeping your phone secure is never a bad thing, honestly, no matter where you go. So Mm -hmm. I think that the strategies discussed here, I'm hoping will be a benefit. Right. Well, you know what? I think it's time to open the phones. Before we open the phones, though, I do have a private hand raise from Troy. Um, Hey, we've got the boss here, everybody. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, I don't want to take very much of your time. It sounds like fascinating conversation. I love, I love this call, just frankly, to listen. Um, but all I was going to pass along is I know a lot of you saw the email that we sent out regarding, oh, my God, COVID-19 and coronavirus. I mean, it's, you know, we're sure you're talking about it just like everyone else is uh, trying to understand where it's going. All I can say is, um, you know, I'm glad. I hope I hope you got the email, and, and if you had a chance to take the survey, we've gotten a lot of responses, and that's going to be super helpful for us to, you know, adapt our service, and uh, and and potentially, you know, even you know, drive access even further, which reduces cost. But I just mainly wanted to say, uh, and then emphasize, you know, we're we're operating, we're set up better than most companies to, you know, survive a work from home, you know, uh, shelter in place. Uh, um, you know, uh, period of time. And uh, that includes myself. I'm sitting in my kitchen right now. My wife, who's a school teacher, is home and she's putting away dishes in the dishwasher at the moment, which is noisy, but, you know, <laughs> we'll cope with that. But anyway, I just wanted to say hi and, and, I, and I keep listening and, and thanks for all of your engagement. It's super helpful. Thank you so much, Troy, for joining us tonight. That's so awesome. And Absolutely. we'll be hearing more from Troy in, in the coming weeks. Um, now. now I do realize there are about eight of you with your hands raised. Yes, so I'll try to get you guys in you. order from who yes. did it. Um, I've been trying to follow it. So, and now we have like nine. So um, we'll go ahead and start with Mitchell. I believe you were first. So Hello, you are on Mitchell. How are you this morning, sir? I'm good. Great. So um, what can we do for just, you? What can you tell us about uh, hands-free? Oh, well, I, I got a IRA. I had a question about the glasses, but first I have a IRA pop socket that I got from IRA headquarters when I went. Um, mm-hmm. But but um, I had a question. What happens to the um, to the glass, like if you have the Horizon K, what happens to the glasses, the actual glasses? That is an excellent question. Um, you can do with those glasses whatever your heart desires. Um, we recommend disposing of them the way you would any electronics. Um, some places, some localities um, have different rules about disposing of electronic things. You can't just throw them into your, in your garbage. Um, 
So look at how your local municipality disposes of electronics because there are electronics in the glasses. Now, you know, you can keep them if you have the tinted ones and you want to wear cool Ira-looking sunglasses. You can rock that look. That's cool. Uh, but they are yours to do with whatever you want. The cable, same thing. Um, even though it's a proprietary cable, if you have a need for a double-ended pin cable, um, that one will probably work for you. But, uh, you know, they're yours to do with what you want. And who do we have coming up next? All right, coming up next, we have Marsha. Hello, Marsha. Hi, hi. Yes, um, uh, what I was uh, thinking, uh, they were talking about um, the scan, uh, the, the uh, scanner stands. Yes. And um, another, um, uh, another uh, stand that probably hasn't been covered much is called the Danny Boy, and you can get that from Blind Mice Mega Mall dot com. Great resource. And, yes. And anyway, uh, that's another uh, stand that you can put your iPhone on, you know, for hands-free use. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean that you would do it you know, out and about necessarily, but it would be good, particularly if you um, have stuff to read or anything like that. Um, you know, you can you can do that as another hands-free uh, scanner stand. You know, scan stand. You know, to get NFB, you know, KNFB, or seeing AI, or any one number of uh, scanning applications. All right. Well, thank you for that resource. And again, that's the Danny Boy Scan Stand. All righty, who else do we have? We're going to try to get everybody tonight. So who else do we have? All right, we're going to go to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Okay, my question is actually about the hands-free. Okay, I need to use Ira hands-free because uh, where I work, I, I travel. Mm -hmm. And I carry a lot of stuff with me when I travel. So I have to kind of use Ira I can relate sometimes. to that. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Sorry, my question is um, two two parts. One is, can you hook up a USC to Lightning cable um, to the Horizon cord and use it that way with the glasses, or um, can you also? Um, I was looking at different um, glasses. Sorry about that. I was looking at different glasses. Um, different. Um, th there was this one uh, pair, and they're they're for actually they're they're actually used for people who do gaming. But you can stream video through them too. So you can and and uh, like they have they have lenses on them and a, and a camera. So would something like that work? I can tell you the answer to that really easily at this point. And, no. and I apologize <laughs> if I was chewing in your no. ear. I, I, no. I'm just having no. a late supper. Sorry. No problem. I think we're all on wild schedules these days. But no, at this point, um, your Horizon kit is only going to work until the 31st of March, and then it will be completely turned off. The actual um, 
service will be turned off. So no more Horizon uh, controller, no more Horizon app, and the glasses will not work. If you, you know, hook them up to your Horizon phone, nothing will happen. Um, and we are looking at all sorts of hands-free solutions, all different types of glasses. Um, and for those who are wondering, yes, we have talked with the folks at Envision about their new uh, Envision glasses. And we'll be telling okay. a little bit more about that coming up in the podcast. But right now, yeah. um, what we have is the phone camera. And right now, that's our best solution because actually the phone cameras are really incredible now. So. Um, um, right now, that's what we have. We're hoping, you know, in the future okay. to be able to hook up to more mainstream devices. As Eric will say to everybody, um, the market will find the solution. And I really think, as you're saying, there are all of these um, things out there. And so they will, you know, we will find something you know, that will work. And we'd like to find many things that will work, actually. Thank you so much, Kelly. And who do we have next, Ryan? All right. Well, it looks like somebody's Pixel 3 XL, actually, oh, question nice. for us, talking about smart technology. Hi, guys. It's, it's me. It's Tony. I just got this phone a couple hey, days ago. Hey, Tony. How are um, you, sir? In answer to uh, the person who was talking about cameras, the, the camera on the Pixel, the Pixel, uh, cameras on the right top right side so you have the case and then you have the camera and then the left of that the flash below that is the fingerprint sensor uh -huh. so i've actually used mine once for ira um so i would probably have it in portrait mode because the camera's at the top of the phone um yeah that was my question too uh if you were uh because there's a for someone who wants to use ira hands-free you might want to get the Bose frames. I know you, it doesn't have a camera, but at least it's a start. And then you could put your phone, I don't know, some kind of way that you could, um, you could uh, have it so you could still hear Ira, but use hand-free. Gotcha. And that's that is, definitely or, an option. Or a Bluetooth yeah. earpiece. Uh, um, a Plantronics a PLTE 500 that is in mm -hmm. one ear, so you can still hear Ira agent and then still hear what's going on around you. Gotcha. Well, thank you, Tony, for that recommendation. Thank you so much, Tony. We are going to move on here tonight. And who do we have next? We want to we make a sure question we as many of you as we can. We had a question in chat from Emily. Um, yes. Do you want to, or not from Emily, but to Emily. Yes. Um, I can let's, let you answer that really fast. If yeah, let's let here. Emily answer the chat question, which was... What is a lanyard experience, or what is a hands-free experience like hey, from the Emily. agent's point of view? Ah, very good. All right. Mm -hmm. Hey, Peg. Thanks for asking about the hands-free experience the agents. Um, your agents are perfectly, as always, happy to take a look at your camera through any means at which you are using your phone hands-free. You may find that um, there is a bit of an adjustment period for those of you who've been Horizon users previously because it is a little bit more intuitive to tell a person to move your head left and right if I'm asking you as your agent to turn and look one direction to another versus if you're using a lanyard or perhaps some other method, we may need you to turn your entire body, including your chest, but sometimes also your feet, either to the left or to the right. If you do not want to move your feet, totally understand. But in that case, you'll need to pick up your phone lanyard and use your hand 
with the lanyard slightly away from your body to direct the camera to the left and to the right. So I would recommend that if you are making this transition or perhaps trying the hands-free methods of using IRF for the first time, now that everybody's been talking about it and it's such a hot topic, use the five minutes for free, call into your agents and practice a little bit by using the free minutes to get connected and make sure that before you actually take um, that first step out into whatever the task is that you are wanting to do hands-free, that you've practiced with some agents and know kind of what the typical vernacular that we use is. Great idea. Awesome. And great question, Pick. Thank you so much for asking that. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, so it looks like not Brandon, but Brandon's iPhone has a question Brandon's for us. Brandon's iPhone. All right. Yeah. Hello, Brandon's iPhone. How are you guys? Fantastic. What can Doing we do for well. you tonight, sir? Well, first, Janine, I want to say, you know, thank you for putting up with all my emails trying to <laughs> get connected. That's okay. We got you on your call. This is Brandon's first Explorer call. Oh, yay. Welcome, Brandon, yeah. and welcome, Maria, too. You were, uh, put it in the chat, yes, too. Yes, we also so have welcome. Maria, who, I, if it's the Maria, I think uh, you may be the Maria from Australia. But anyway, well, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, I did purchase that, um, oh, what is it, har, har, how do you say that, Harbold, Harbold? Mm -hmm. lanyard, and I haven't had a chance to use it yet because I'm still trying to use Horizon as long as I can. <laughs> well, one you other go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to, too. <laughs> one other question, too, for uh, Raul, maybe, is uh, when you when the Horizon is discontinued, you know, the phone will be reset. Do you have to get a SIM card for it if you're just going to use it on you know, Wi-Fi only? Do, yeah, you do not. Yeah, so. you do not. You can use it on Wi-Fi only. Perfect. Yeah, which is very, very handy. It makes that, uh, that particular device really super useful, especially if you just want to learn Android or you want to use some Android apps that maybe aren't available, like uh, Look Around. And we just called you out, but Maria, hello. Hello, Maria. Hey, guys. Um, I have a question. So, like, I don't use Ira as much as I want to, but, like, um, how, like, when you're doing groceries and stuff and, like, you're getting stuff, how do you, like, for those who don't have Horizon, how do you, like, hold your phone, like, walk around? Hold all your stuff? Yeah, and <laughs> hold all your stuff and yeah. do all of that and navigate with a cane or guide dog. That is a very good question, Maria, and that, I think, is one of the things that um, Raul is going to talk about tomorrow night when they talk all about um, doing hands-free things. This is where having that lanyard or having maybe a pouch or something to have your phone in while you're moving, um, where the agent can still see, but you're not having to struggle with the phone. I go through airports a lot and I have my phone um, hands-free in airports quite a bit now. And I really like it. I, I have a pouch that I use, uh, but I have used a lanyard before too. And that really does work. Um, and then they can ask you to move your body or your phone like Emily was saying, so. So that's basically how, how it's done. But I would urge you to, um, you know, uh, take part in Raul's meeting tomorrow to hear more about this. 
Um, do we have anyone else this evening? Because we are have almost out of time several here. Several of people here. So let's go ahead and move to Casey's iPhone. All right. Hello, Casey. Oh, hello. And it's Casey from Michigan. Hello, sir. Right. Yeah. Um, I get, there are two things. One, one thought I had was if you kept, if you kept the, the, the glasses, say, couldn't you develop a cord uh, where one end fits in the uh, one USB uh, connection fits into the glasses that we now have, and the other end you could have, you'd have different cables that you'd have to make, but one could go into the iPhone, one could go into a what uh, one for Android and all that sort of thing, because most of the iPhone connections are pretty pretty similar. And I would imagine the Android ones are pretty similar. So, unfortunately, Casey, no. Um, and believe me, I actually tried it um, just to see what would happen. And uh, you can, if you use the wrong cable, really destroy the glasses, which you wouldn't want to do before the end of the month. But um, it does not work. And part of the reason it doesn't work is that there has to be a special software. The glasses aren't like say just a camera. Um, they are a camera that has to have special software to communicate with it and the software piece is what you would need. The other question I have, and thanks for that, because I, I that was one thing I, I was thinking about. Sure. Was for those of us or others who have just purchased the, started to purchase the plan or um, did the, what, what, what happens um, uh, because they've purchased the, the the payments that they have or that they've made, I assume that's that's money that they don't, they're not going to get refunded. Or how is that going to work? Well, I'm going to turn that over to Ryan to explain my a biggest, little bit. Yeah, my biggest recommendation <laughs> for you would be to give our customer care team a call. Um, yes. and they can help you out with your individual account and kind of help you figure out, you know, where you are as, you know, that's a really hard question to answer without actually looking at your account simply because without seeing your individual, uh, situation, you know, it's hard to say what you would and wouldn't get. Um, so I definitely recommend giving our care team a call and they can, uh, help you answer that. Last month, the glasses, anybody who was paying for the glasses, you would not have gotten charged anymore. So as of, um, as of, I believe it was, was it March or February? One of those days, uh, <laughs> we stopped all of the subscriptions uh, for the glasses and no more of those will get taken out of your, uh, any, any of your accounts for the $25. So. Okay. Well, that explains. I, I Now I understand why I got the refund. Okay. Fantastic. Well, let me, as we are about to wrap things up here, um, do we have... I don't believe we've heard from Paul Hunt. So we'll go ahead well, and speak hello. with Paul. Hello, Mr. Hunt. Hi, can you hear me? We sure can. A couple of questions. First of all, um, in landscape mode, do you find that the agents have that you don't have to... to twist your head as much and the other question I have is um, I have an aftershocks Bluetooth or headphones they're bone conducting headphones and I find that the agent that, I, that when I'm wearing the headphones I have to actually unpair the headphones to connect to the agents because they can't hear me or I can't hear them have anybody had those experiences ah. and 
and then I got one tip because I have I have um, a open book and Perl and and uh, what I do when I'm working with documents, I will put the Perl in in the or open book in camera view, put my stuff under the camera, and then use Team Viewer to work with the agents, and it's fantastic. Ah. Adam actually actually helped me do my tax return that way, and they help me sign documents and all kinds of stuff that way. Nice. Very nice. I didn't realize that uh, you could do that with the Pearl. So that's that's pretty awesome. That's just uh, it. Just uh, it just shows exactly what some of the camera they see your hand or whatever you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that little tip. And regarding your other questions about the phone being in landscape mode, um, and um, I don't know, Eric, if you want to address that, or if anybody wants to address the phone in landscape mode. Should we? I don't know if Emily, would it be nice, would it be easier to talk about agents and portrait and landscape mode yeah, really quick? Yeah, I think or, that yeah. would be, that would be great to hear. I was going to ask you that last yes. time you were unmuted and I was like, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to, but then, you know, there was a lot of questions I'm about it. it so. I can't <laughs> sure, no problem. I'm happy to. So I would say that if you are wanting to call in to your agents and uh, experiment, do it. I personally find that some positions of the phone work better for certain types of tasks than others. So you may just need to play around with it a little bit and see what works for you. Me personally, I prefer the portrait mode, which is vertically straight up and down. If an explorer is asking me to read text, or perhaps to get very close to a computer screen, like if I'm checking for a pop-up on your computer or something of that nature, straight up and down seems to work best. I also like having a person hold their phone straight up and down if it is something that you're going to want a picture of that will then be sent to you. So if you want a really nice picture, um, portrait mode, as is in the name, seems to work the best. If you are out walking around somewhere and for some reason need a really wide side-to-side -side view, perhaps you're at an airport or a grocery store and you're asking me to look for items that are on the shelves as you walk, landscape mode may be best. But again, it just kind of just depends on what type of task it is that you are wanting to accomplish. Great, thank you so much, Emily. Well, I want to thank everyone tonight. I'm sorry if we did not get to your question tonight, but it was really fun hearing from everyone again. Absolutely. Um, I would love to thank our guest, Emily Hill. Thank you, ma'am. I would also like to thank Bazad Palut. Hopefully I got that right that time. You did. Yeah. Uh, Good job, Janine. <laughs> and Raul Gallegos. Got my name right. And Mr. <laughs> Eric Burton from Texas. If there's one thing you'll remember about Eric, he's from Texas. <laughs> and of course, my co-pilot, Ryan Bishop. Thank you Thank so you much, everyone. Ryan. You're so welcome, Janine. So happy to do this every uh, yeah, month. And <laughs> our next call will be, hang on, I have to go get my Braille calendar across the room. You guys should know while she's doing that, I've always looked forward to that part of the meeting every time because every time we end, she always says something about the Braille calendar and it's like, I need to get one of these. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a wonderful sister who works at Hadley and uh, she always sends me a Braille calendar. <gasps> Guess awesome. when? 
our next meeting is April 15th, an auspicious day in the United States. Yes, April 15th. And uh, who knows what we'll be talking about by then. Um, How to not go stir crazy from your your, um, uh, isolation or whatever it is that we'll be doing at that point. Hopefully, we will all be coming here well and happy and uh, with some new and exciting things from Ira. So you all have a very good evening.